I sometimes read uh, public domain books here on Leaves of Glen. And they were written a long time ago, uh, so they're usually uh, racist or sexist or bigoted. Uh, but in there somewhere and all that is a, a story, and that's why those stories are famous. Other times, I read uh, works from independent authors, and they're delightfully not racist, but they might have adult language or adult situations. So that's your warning, uh, but I'm sure you uh, are grown up enough to handle it. Don't write to me complaining. Oh, hello, and welcome to the Leaves of Glen Mansion. It's a fun little bit where I pretend to live in a mansion and not just recording in my basement. This is where I read the hottest public domain books and short stories. This week, we're continuing to read The Last of Judgment on Janice by Andre Norton, thank God. About the author, I don't care. I hate this author. Andre Norton, born Alice Mary Norton. February 20, uh, 17th, 1912, where did the 20 come from? March 17th, 2005, was an American writer of science fiction and fantasy who also wrote works of historical and contemporary fiction. I'm sure that stuff's horseshit. She uh, wrote primarily under the pen name of Andre Norton, but also under Andrew North, huh? And Alan Weston, eh, that surprise you. She was the first woman to be the Gandalf Grandmaster of Fantasy and was inducted by the science fiction of uh, Fantasy Hall of Fame. Fun facts? Uh, I don't really got any fun facts. I was going to read to you someone's review of this uh, story. Someone actually wrote a review, and they're just as nerdy and anal as the author themselves. But then I was looking at what book I'm going to read for the uh, Penguin Random House romance uh, portion, and uh, wound up realizing, oh, it's got uh, anime. And so I started looking up, what was that What was that cartoon where it had long legs? I'm giving away the whole middle portion where you go up to the bedroom. That's fine. The fantasy doesn't always have to be 100% real for you. Um, I looked it up, and I was—I kept thinking, is it Harvest Moon? It's got to be Harvest Moon, right? Is it Harvest Moon that has a real long legs anime with real, real long legs? Uh, no, it's, it's Sailor Moon, and I discovered that by going to myanimelist.net. Top 15 best anime legs. Flawless of anime legs. <laughs> I did this because I had to literally type in anime with long legs, and this site came up. So, uh, their top 15, what makes perfect anime legs? Well, amazing tone. No one likes a saggy leg, in parentheses, sorry, grandma. Anime legs have always been juicy and fit. Oh, they even sparkle sometimes. They sparkle sometimes? I guess they work their legs in the gym. Though some characters uh, may have overdid it. Overdid it? Overdid? Fine. Brisky from Hunter X. Uh, Hunter, for example. Perfect color. Oh, while real models strive to obtain a glowing color on their legs, anime characters have it easy. Ah, oh, they're just born with it or drawn. They come in rosy peach, tan brown, or even a pale white for some. And then, parentheses, nervously raising my hand. Oh, God, I hate when people write like that. Uh, who, like them, pale as a corpse. Everyone is a winner in anime. Long. Notice those scenes when the camera starts with the ground and slowly goes up the leg. Oh, it roughly takes three seconds to travel up. It clearly shows how long the character's legs are. <laughs> some, of, some artists, like CLAMP in all caps, make them so, so long it looks absurd. Then again, some people like it that way, so don't judge. 
Lastly, Silky Smooth. In almost every anime battle after the main character is hurt, oh, she will have injuries on her face, but never, never on her legs. It's like there's imaginary armor protecting it, exclamation point. Also, leg hair doesn't seem to grow in anime girls. That's what we love about anime. It defies science and basically everything we know. Is it too much? Anime has been known for making the best and sometimes the worst body illustrations. It's like artists are purposely distancing themselves from reality. One thing is for sure, though, eh, it does raise our expectations for reality. Oh, we already know that there's no such thing as too many legs in anime. The hell? There's also a, a couple of anime that, that will fulfill your leg desires. For example, High School of the Dead. God, I hope the bell starts ringing because this is a picture of a woman with her legs spread and it's all shadowy and it's pretty disturbing. There's nothing better than spending the zombie apocalypse with a bunch of pretty young ladies. High School of the Dead gives us great camera angles ugh, that will surely satisfy your love for legs. Oh, thank God the bell's going. I hate anime. I hate it with all my heart. I used to think it was cool when I was in college, but then I grew into a real man, and reading this shit just makes me want to throw up all over the place. Throw up blood. I once had a friend who, uh, who worked with kids uh, that were uh, in an institution because they were suicidal. So they're being treated for that, which is a very unfortunate and horrible thing. Uh, and he told me the one thing you got to look out for is when one of those kids is suddenly in a really great mood and nothing bothers them because you know that they're planning on doing something. Uh, and I thought, oh, that's horrible. He's like, yeah, no, it's horrible. It's like they're, they're finally happy. Nothing bothers them. Uh, if they could only just carry that through the rest of their lives, uh, they would be a lot better. But that's one thing we got to look out for because they try something soon afterwards. So that's terrifying. Well, now I get it because this is the last three chapters of the story and I am finally hitting that high. Nothing can bother me. Everything seems fine. And I'm excited to read this because I know I'm almost done. So let's dip in. Chapter 16. Ifton Prison. I thought Ashla's tongue caressed her lips, that I would long for nothing as much as I wish for water. But now I find hunger can also be a pain, and one cannot eat crystal. <laughs> but there's no end to the stream of this place. It looks as if we're coming to something now. Niall had been striving to pierce the fog mist, and the vague outline had been seen through its swirls appeared to remain firm in spite of the coming and going of that tenuous curtain. <laughs> what lay before them was a wall of crystal, stretching, as far as they could tell, clear across the valley, and the water guide which had led them there poured in a rush through a conduit in that wall far too small to provide an entrance to whatever space lay beyond. Ashla dropped down limply. I cannot go back. I'm sorry, but I cannot go back. But she said this simply, her sober tone underlying her surrender to this last blow. Not back, exclamation point. Niall went directly to the wall. The crystal was not smooth, but studded with irregularities, pocketed with hollows. This could be climbed, uh, not by a one-handed man, perhaps. <laughs> but Ashla might do it. Not back, he reiterated firmly, but over. This is as rough as a ladder. 
She was drawn by his confidence to approach the wall. Then she glanced at him. And you? Do you sprout wings to bear you over? <laughs> no, but there is this. Niall unslung the sword shoulder belt. To get to the top, hook this about one of those large projections, and then I will have a, 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 a handhold to bring me up in turn. Well, Ashley guarded the wall, and then Niall doubtfully. Nah, he strove to break through her hesitancy. We must do it now, eh, while we still have a measure of strength in us. And if you wish to remain here, bewailing our fate until hunger is a finish. God, I hate the way this person writes. It's such a roundabout, weird, flowery, flowery, flowery kind of way of just getting to the point. Uh, that whole thing. We must do it now when we have a measure of strength within us, or you must re- do want to remain here while you can So the thing would just be like, we got to do it, or do you want to stay here and die? That's it. That's all you got to say. It's that easy and probably more interesting. To his surprise, Ashla smiled at that, a stretch of her too thin face, which lacked any real pleasure, but held a haunting suggestion of wistfulness. As you point out, warrior, struggling is always better than surrender. I shall climb. Privately, Niall was not sure that even with the aid of the belt that he could make it, but uh, this is their only chance. And judging by his own swimming head and weakened body, he was certain that she was right, and they could not now retrace their road down the valley. Ashla climbed slowly and with caution testing each hold before she entrusted her full weight to it. And it seemed to Niall that the minutes of that climb lengthened eh, into hours, and that her head and shoulders topped the edge of the wall and was able to see over. Seconds later, her face alight and eager. Oh, and she looked down at him. Ah, we were right. No, he was right, not we. Ashla, you pain in the ass. We were right. Here is true forest. We were right. Oh, my God. Her report provided him with the last spurt of energy, <laughs> enough to give him the necessary uh, strength to reach the perch on which we now clung and her hands and the dangly belt at his service. And then they steadied one another as they gazed out over a section of welcoming gray-green, full of beckoning shadows. This was not the if-can, and it was not even the forest upon which the settlers prayed, but it was far closer to it than any land they had ever uh, seen. Since they had entered the waste by the river, Niall was not wholly conscious of anything save uh, that green. Uh, then the sudden rigidity of Ashla's body against his own broke his absorption. Mm. The girl's head stretched forward on her shoulders. Oh, her bald green head, mm, stretching. Her pointed ears, yes, 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 flared wide from her skull. <laughs> and, then her, and then her eyes fixed in a probing stare on the forest before them. Uh, what is it? Niall's first surge of relief was erased by a thrust of alarm. Uh, he heard nothing, saw not even a leaf tremble in that waiting woodland. Tell me, uh, what is it? Ah, he's too late. Ashley had already moved, swinging over the barrier of the far side, descending by a series of reckless holds in the half-falls that frightened them. Uh, then, without a single backward glance, as if he had ceased to exist for her, she ran across the small strip of powder crystal sand uh, to the trees and disappeared among them, as if the green mouth had gulped her in. Ashla! Exclamation point. Iliel! Niall's voice rang hollowly. I'm surprised he's not doing the Ashla-Iliel this time. I thought that's just how they refer to each other now. A lone sound came deadened and swallowed into a thin echo by some sonic property of its place. He dared not move as fast as he had. His descent was slow and clumsy, but at last he did reach the ground. 
From this level, the greenery ahead had a solid, forbidding look. Niall studied what he could see of it. Here, too, the mist trailed. One moment hiding, the next revealing a section... But this was the true forest growth, he thought, and Ashla had already gone that way. He strode over to the small traces left by her running feet in the sand. Outwardly, nah, this is the same forest that had beyond the crystal growth these, and his ears now picked up small muted sounds of, uh, insects and other life within its hold. Muted, nah, that was it. This place was shadowed, reduced, in a fashion Niall could not define from the life of the other woods he had walked. His, uh, <clears throat> His hunter's eyes uh, followed the sides of Ashla's headlong passage, snapped twigs, torn leaves, uh, the print of her boots in the soil. Oh, he must have burst in as if striving to reach some goal with uh, no care for any obstacles in between. Why? Eh, question mark. Just another those endless questions that were part of this world. Endless questions that this author never answers. I God, I hate this. Niall used the sword to beat and cut himself a passage in the same direction the girl had taken. Then the point of that blade struck into the open, and he followed it into the clearing. Two, three, four of them, counting the one who faced Ashla. Four green-skinned, large-ear, uh, quote, changelings, or if skin of the uh, the true blood? Hmm. No, they were all men clad in ragged remains of the same forest dress as Niall had left and found in Istiga. Uh, two of them were shoulder-belted swords of like his own, uh, and uh, one had a wooden spear. Oh, yeah, cool. Headed with a with a crystal point. Yeah, real cool. Niall took that in in a quick evaluation of the company. Ah, uh, then the man before Ashla drew his full regard and studying him. Niall forgot the rest. The stranger was perhaps, by an inch or so, the tallest of the group. Only by an inch or so? That's not... Why Why bother? Why bother writing that? Uh, but he was not otherwise physically outstanding. Okay, great. It was Niall tried to be objective, tried to understand why, then looking at his ragged, quiet man, he was burp, moved to respect, ready to surrender some of his independence and will. There was only a moment of desire before Niall fought it down. Hmm, a moment of desire for this man who's an inch taller than the rest. Apparently we now know what kind of kink Niall's into. He wants to make sex with giants? Who are you? The man spoke, and Niall was about to reply, and then he realized the question was not addressed to him, but Ashla. Iliel, and you are Jarvis. Ah, <laughs> uh, if anyone's ever watched uh, I Think You Should Leave, uh, the first season has a skit about babies. Uh, it's like a baby competition, and one of them's Bart Harley Jarvis, and he's supposed to be the bad boy of the bunch, and everyone wants to kill him. <laughs> and you are Jarvis, she spoke with conviction, almost impatiently, as one who found such questions stupid and unnecessary. The man's hand came up with a gesture of warning, as if to ward off her words. I am Pate Sissons. <sighs> Pate Sissons? You are Jarvis! Mirror master. Ah, he moved then swiftly, his hands clapped over her mouth. Over her mouth? His right arm crushed her into captivity. Oh, Jesus. Niall leapt out with a ready sword. Ashless struggles pulled her captor about, then fought wildly against his hold. Useless as that was, because he's an inch taller than everyone else. And they staggered together, and Niall hesitated, afraid to strike Ashla. That hesitation was his own undoing. His instinct warned a fraction of a second too late, and the wooden butt of the spear struck against the side of his head, sending him down. Cool. Three dots green. 
three dots, he lay on moss and ifcan, and above him bows made the autumn wind sing. Tonight there would be a festival of farewell, and he would go to the court of maidens for his choosing. Hmm. Ah, yes, 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 yes. Maidens. Ah, one maiden. A thin face. Wan. Always a little tired and said, Ashla? No. Ilial. Ilial. Dash Ashla. Name balanced name. Ashla was Ilial. Ilial Ashla. God, shut Oh, so it is thus, little sister. Here we are and were, and we must remain until we win forth. Words out of the air. Niall made no sense of them, but he heard an answer. I am Ashla of Garth's then. You are Ashla always here. Do not forget it, and I am Pate, and this is Monroe, and Derek, and Tori, and your impudent young friend is Niall. We are off-worlders and settlers. No more, never any more of that. Oh, we are not. Just look at the. Uh, just look at us. Would steal that truth. Oh, we are totally alien to this power. It is uh, the mind, the memory, the mind holds, not the physical form that matters to it. Now it is doubtful, still uncertain concerning our identity. Uh, once it learns the truth. Hmm. I understand. Niall knew that he did not, but he forced open his eyes, turned his head, and lay on a mat of leaves under a rough lean-to, looking out at the small fire around the, the... which sat the four men and Ashley. Oh, the man beside her turned his head, and his eyes found Niall, and he arose lithely, oh, and came to kneel beside the other. Hmm. Hey, how, do you, how do you feel? Who are you? Niall countered. I'm Pate Sissons. First in scout of survey, and his hand gestured to the company by the fire. Uh, that is half Monroe, astral pilot of the Thorstone. God damn it, I hate this so much. He's astral pilot of the Thorstone. Well, we'll have to keep that in mind with every other thing that they just throw at us that we're supposed to apparently remember. She made more of these books, and I'm sure she references all this crap. Distant memories stirred in Nile. Thorstone. A long-lost cruiser by that name. Uh, what was the story? Derek Vesters of Vesters Garth and Latum Tory Modico ugh, of Carbon Combine. Oh, my God. Carbon Combine? But the Carbon people had been off Janus for almost a full generation. Yet the outwardly green-skinned ift whose sessions had so introduced before that man still in his first youth. Oh, first in scout, astropilot, Garthman, Kanban, Medico, a wide range of occupations on Janus, covering perhaps the full length of time the planet had been known to survey. Ah, you're all, Dion broke out the words as he first heard back from Cosberg's changelings. Sissons, big-eared head, swung slowly, left to right in gesture of negation, made more impressive by the very length of that movement. That's right, he's an inch taller than everyone. We are off-worlders from different times and worlds who came to Janus for different reasons. That is what we are and will be here. And you are Niall Renfro, uh, bought laborer. Nah, good enough. Continue to remember that, Niall Renfro, and we shall deal easily together. Sorry we had to knock you out, uh, but there was not time to reason with you. Uh, where, uh, where, is, uh, where is this place? And, uh, how do we, uh, get here? Niall pulled himself up to the rest on his elbow from his right arm. Glad we know that detail. I'm glad that she wrote that down. His head was thick and ached dully, but he was not so dim-witted now as to not specialize that there was a method in Sisson's speech that he had been warned against <clears throat> some very real danger. 
As to this place, well, it's a prison of sorts, Sisson sat down. Carl, stop saying Sissons and then putting another S word right after it. It screws me up. Sissons speech, and Sisson sat down, cross-legged. We are not sure of ourselves as the reason for our detention here, except that it means trouble. How do we get here? Well, we came in various ways at different times. Monroe and I were hunting a friend who had come in this direction and vanished. But we were picked up uh, by an animated spacesuit, and I'll cut him. By a walking spacesuit, Sissons agreed. Uh, we found uh, Tory here already, and he was the first resident, and they caught him near the river where he tried to take a shortcut west. And Derek, Derek came later with a companion who chose to leave. Hey, hey, you, you can leave? Niall demanded in surprise. Yeah, you can leave, provided that you're intent upon committing suicide. An agile mind, a man with a great amount of determination, and no sense can climb to the white forest. Whether he could get through there, Sissons shrugged. Stop doing that. Stop putting a Sissons with an S word. So you can still sit and wait. For what is going to happen, Niall's amazement grew. His whole reading of this man suggested that it was a spineless course, so alien to his nature that Niall could not believe that Sissons was in earnest. So we wait, Sissons assured him. We wait and we remember who and what we are. Again, that inflection of warning. Niall sat all the way up, and they were watching him with a kind of detached inspection, as if they were waiting for him to make some uh, move by which they could then uh, be influenced into an important judgment and appraisal. Well, how long do we wait? He asked quietly. No, we do not know. Perhaps the opposition moves so that we can learn or who or what it really is or until we find our own solution. Now, Sissons picked up a small bowl and handed it to Niall. Though in the substance of the container, he felt the warmth of the contents. Eagerly, he savored and then gulped the stew. Light coming, Tori stood up and the crystal-pointed spear in his hand. Uh, back to the burrow. He came to Niall, and together with Sissons, assisted him at his feet. Uh, where, uh, where are we going? No, oh, out of the sun, the former medico told him, and shortly, uh, in the day period, here is as good as blind. To be caught out in the open is bad. Uh, to be caught in the white forest in the sun, Sissons added, it's the, the, that's the end. And we've not been able to work out any way of crossing that in one's nighttime. Uh, that is the lock in our prison cell, Ranfro. Niall could see the right in that reasoning. The crystal forest and the moonlight had been hard enough to face. Oh, its brilliance under the sunshine would burn out the night-oriented sight. Uh, there was one of our kind up here when we came in, and we saw uh, his reflection in a tree, he reported. Halsafad. Oh, fucking hell. Derek pushed closer. Where? How near the edge of the forest was he? Pate. Uh, maybe he was able to make it after all. Well, we could not tell, Niall replied. The reflections must be deceiving. Sissons agreed. Oh, could we, it could be from any direction. And even if he reached the edge of the forest before sunup, that's one word, sunup, uh, what then? Uh, what then indeed? The miles of baked and empty rockland ahead with no shelter. Niall thought of that. Yes, it made an effective prison for all of them. And desperate uh, flight was not the answer. He understood Sissons the better now. Home, Monroe had been in advance. Now he stood before a dark hole folding the black curtain woven of plate, uh, plated leaves. And Ashla crept after them and they followed uh, one by one until they were all within the shelter. Its skeleton was a tree with a huge exposed roots. Roots that extended out of the bowl well above their heads, as might branches, but running down the earth rather than horizontally, so that the center trunk appeared uh, to be supported by a, by a fridge of props, 
and in there from the rigid, exposed root leaves had been woven lengths of dried vine and pieces of bark to form a structure with the living tree as its center. Ashla went directly into the trunk and set both of her palms flat against its bark. Ifton wall, Ifton woof. This is another song. Ifton wall, Ifton roof, wood lives, wood dash. And even as he jumped her to the clearing, so she obsesses upon her again. What? Why did that? Did I miss a page? Nope, that's just the way it's supposed to be. Even as he had jumped her in the clearing, so was Sissons upon her again. Oh, his hand across her lips with the force of a slap. Ah, he raised hers from the tree to twist and tear at her fingers until she had freed her mouth. You have forgotten too much. That was Ilio speaking now with all the force of command that she had shown at those times when the Ifton took precedence, and if tin, and if, I guess the country's if can, I hate all this, took precedence over the Terran in her. This is Ifscar from the true seed. It will not betray us, though why should it grow to the white land? Three dots. Ah, she nodded at them. Uh, but at some thought of memory, uh, when Kaimon journeyed forth, she, uh, with them, said the, with, uh, with a pouch blessed by the counters of the seed, and they gave uh, him their powers. So here fell a nut of Iskar, and through the long time of the true leaves it was grown. Oh, oh, look, look into your memory, Jarvis, <laughs> Mirror Master. That was, and you have been too timid by half. She turned in his hold, her hands now raising to cup over his eyes. At first, Sissons moved under her touch as if to push away. Then he stiffened. I straightened. And slowly, very slowly, his own hands went out to rest against the tree trunk as hers had done before him. Oh, Ashla stepped aside and left him so, if Scar, she flung up her arms in a gesture of welcome. We shelter here in the leaf of the gray. We claim what you have to give us. Paint! Dash, paint, exclamation point. Monroe would have dropped land on Sisson's shoulder. Don't do that anymore. But the girl fended him off. Let be! He takes the strength he should have dunk long ago, drunk long ago, and he forgot uh, when he should be remembered. Oh, let be. You have not the seeing. Sisson's hands fell from the tree trunk. He turned, his eyes wide. Then he blinked and, and came back from some immeasurable distance. Oh, it was Ashla, he spoke. I am a, indeed a fool. There may yet be a key we have not tried already set in our hands. If you had not the right memory, then you were wise not to hunt lost keys. Oh, it's not worth all of you as it is with Niall with me. And, uh, and to possess only parts of memories, but uh, not the full recall of your Ifton selves? Yes. And, uh, and so you fear, and wisely, that you do not control, nor now, I believe, Mirror Master, that such cautious, uh, caution is not folly but wisdom? Perhaps two memories knitted well together uh, may supply us with the key to its prison. Sissons held up both hands to her, and hers fell palm down to his. Niall watched them with a strange lost feeling. Yeah, because his girlfriend's met a guy who's an inch taller than the rest of them. I.R. who had been, uh, not been, I, who had been I.R. after all? What? I'm going to read that again. I.R. dash who had been I.R. after all. There, I figured it out. A fighting man who, at the last testing, had gone down to defeat. A simple warrior who dared not use the mirror of Thanth, uh, but f uh, had fled yeah, from its challenge. And Niall Renfro, a slave laborer from the Dipple, 
Neither part of them was a man of strength or power, but perhaps the whole was less. Many memories, Ashla's eyes went from man to man, but maybe too different. To weave a power, there must be unity. But we can try. You, who were Jarvis... Uh, what's going on? Monroe demanded sharply. Eh, we may have been too cautious. Sissons was again off the, the off-worlder in speech and idiom. The treehouse gives us immunity to certain forces here. Now, his glance caught them, held them, demanded, we shall try pooling our Ifton memories. And from such a, for such a harvest, perhaps we can glean what we need uh, to tip the scales of fortune on our side. Uh, uh, but, but you said, Derek began in front of Ashler, she appears to be able to change her mind quickly enough. We have never been able to decide whether we have these Ifton memories by plan or by chance. Perhaps we'll never know the truth of that, but today, for the first time, two of us who have had certain powers in our Ifton identities have met. And if we, if we, if we join those powers, I mean, draw other knowledge from the rest of you, Sissons, uh, head was high, his eagerness with his voice, he mirrored on his face, this can lead us to freedom. We can only try, but are you willing to join? Hmm? There was hesitancy, but one by one they gave their assent. Seventeen, lost ship. <laughs> fun, fun. Niall's back was against one of the roots of the trees which formed the refuge. He nursed his splintered arm across his knee and thought. Oh, they had carried out Ash's suggestion, pooled their Ifton memories, only to discover that these, uh, these memories were so diverse uh, that, they, uh, that they had little, uh, little in common. Meeting ground. Uh, their Ift personalities appeared to have come not only from various places, but also various eras, well separated in time, so they had found no key to their prison. One would need the protection of a spacesuit to travel the white forest and its surrounding waste by day, and they would not hope to make that journey in a single night starting from the site. Spacesuit! Niall battened down all ifted memories and strove to recall those of Niall Renfro, a very young Niall Renfro. Uh, he had been, what, uh, uh, six? Uh, question mark? Seven? Question mark. Eight? Question mark. When the Lydian lady, oh, for Christ's sake, had been caught in the orbital battle about Kalors, this author just keeps throwing shit at us that apparently we're supposed to hold all this or remember all of it, because she's probably going to reference it later, and maybe not in this book, but in the other books. Spaceborn and bread. He realized that planet time did not count much in his early days, and what did he know of spacesuits? He had had one. That's actually there. He had had one. Made to his size. And he can remember how the instruction on its use had come by hypno-sleep. <laughs> Twice he had worn it. God damn it. Twice he had worn it. Going out with his father in one heat-baked desert planet. And again when he taking a tour of the outer hull of a ship as part of his space training and discipline. Yes, he can recall that without difficulty. Everything about this suit is handling, servicing, and equipment. Oh, the point was now that there was a uh, there was a suit out there. Yeah. Mobile, in use, in use by something non-Terran, which might make all the difference. Even if they could not make that, uh, take that suit and capture what used it, a suit meant to ship somewhere. And Niall was certain that no off-worlder had deliberately wandered from a ship in that uh, burp, cumbersome rig. Not all the way from the present spaceport, that was certain. Item two, 
was that this waste and what governed it was unknown at the port, and he had heard nothing concerning it from the settlers. None of those prisoners here had ever taken until they crossed into the waste. Whatever ruled here did not venture forth to seek prey. It waited for it to come within short reach. Therefore, the spacesuit meant a ship not too far away. And to nigh all a ship meant a possible supply of weapons and a hope of defense and uh, <clears throat> offense. Let Ashla and Sissons try to use Ifton methods against the enemy. That never defined enemy. There might be another way altogether. Oh, however, if there was, surely the men here had already searched for it. Sissons claimed to be the first in Scout, and uh, these explorers of survey were noted for their elasticity of thinking, ability to improvise, and experiment. And Monroe was an astro-navigator who, uh, whose attention would be centered on ships. And they would not or would not have overlooked the connection between the spacesuit and ship here. Yet the thought of those two, suit and ship, uh, continued to work in his mind. Oh, Niall thought up all the old arguments uh, that such ship didn't exist nearby, could long ago have been stripped, and the suit was an old model. Oh, very old. How's the... Uh, how's the arm? Niall was shaken out of his thoughts by as Tori knelt beside him. Uh, any, uh, any pain? An ache now and then, Niall realized that he had not felt much discomfort for some time now. The arm... Stiffly bound and splinted was a cumbersome nuisance, but otherwise, that didn't bother him too much. Uh, let's, uh, let's take a look. You know, uh, we, uh, we all heal more quickly since we change our skins. Uh, we're tougher in many ways. Oh, I wish. Probably still wishes he had his hair. Got a green bald head. I wish I knew more about what happened to, uh, to us. Uh, you're from port, aren't you? Niall asked. Uh, how'd, you, how'd you get the green sick? Now the same way we're all suckered into it, because I was curious. I went out on a, on a field trip, trying to pick up some native plants to study, and I found one of the treasure caches, came down sick before I could rejoin my party. And as far as I knew, oh, I might have had something highly contagious, so I kept clear. Then it was too late, and I was changed, and I didn't want to go back. Uh, what's the purpose of the caches? Uh, the changes. Niall watched as the other skillfully unwrap and unsplint his arm. Any pain? Hmm? Fingers ran along his skin. Oh, this is kind of getting a little sexual. Exerting pressure. Okay, okay. All right, I see where you're going. I like what is happening here. No! I'd say that, uh... That had knitted true. I favor it a bit. But you could just leave off the rest of this. The purpose of the caches? Uh, uh, just what you've seen. To gain recruits. For whom and what? Well, none of us really knew. We only had a general idea. Sissons uh, was the first capture, and he has helped with the recruiting ever since. Uh, we had compulsion at certain times of the year to set those traps, and we can't help ourselves. As far as we can make out, there was a, a civilization, native Janus, a long time ago. Oh, they worked with nature. They did not seek to oppose or control her. No machines for them. Oh, they were, there was a time uh, when that race went into decline. Finally, they were overrun and wiped out. By the Larsh, Nysol, er, Nysol, Nial cut in. I remember. Oh, do you? Derek does, too. But Pate and I and Monaro, eh, we don't. We're all from an earlier period. Anyway, after the fall of Ifcan, there could only have been a handful of survivors. But that handful appears to have numbered among them some of their uh, scientists. And they have developed the treasure chest then, planted a few in wait, and they certainly had hope, or trust, that some inkling that another race would arise there, or 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 come from uh, 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 from space. 
to trigger those installations. Anyone who does handle cash things like with, with liking assumes that the, the personality of the body changes connected with that particular cat. I fucking hate this. To that day, italics, we don't know how they work, but there has been some bond of sympathy between the finder and one of the objects included in the collection. Don't care. But if Pate Sissons was the first in-scout of survey, I hate that name, Pate Sissons. There must have been landed there. Niles territory. Oh, about 120 planets ago. No, planet years ago. Tori nodded. Yes. But he's a young man, Niall countered. Now nah, we have no idea the lifespan of the original Ifton or what happened to our bodies during the green sick. As far as uh, we can tell, after the change, there's a, a very little aging in us, and I have been this way for nearly 75 planet years. But our members grow very slowly, and since not all caches are found, uh, some take no captives. Niall tried to digest the thought of agelessness. Hmm? Now he's not a not unaware that some alien races have achieved lifespans far beyond that of the Terran breed, but uh, how could such a change be wrought in a Terran body? Well, uh, the caches can attract only certain types, Tori continued, and the method of selection and control of such captives is another secret that we've not broken. Oh, we number now only a few more than a hundred, just thirty of them, women, five, uh, children have been born, and uh, they are ifted from the beginning. Also, uh, they have no memories. Still, we are bound to set the traps. Sissons and I were here on such a mission that we were taken prisoner. You know, uh, you know, you you not live in Ifcan. Oh, we have a base there. Uh, that is where Pate found the first treasure, which started us all along the road. But our new home is west. Overseas. Until we learn more, we can only have patience and do what we can to reestablish our kind. Until, Niall asked, until we are again a nation. You know the first law, a world having an intelligent native population and a civilization can be given a choice. To join the Federation or warn off all contact. In time, we shall have Janus. Oh, we shall grow more ifton with the years. And the off-worlders cannot hold this planet against our will. Uh, but, the, but the settlers are not natives. Uh, they would not change Janus after it uh, to an off-world pattern, narrow, arid, and saltifying. Oh, they're slowly shrinking in numbers as more and more of them come over to us. Ah, the world does not welcome them, and those that can welcome speedily find a cache and join our ranks as you came and Ashla. Oh, what part of the treasure lured you in so that you had to handle it and wanted to possess it for yourself? Uh, uh, phew, the tube, Niall replied in, in, instantly. Uh, it was uh, it was the color, uh, those, uh, those patterns. Uh, something pulled me. I, mean, I can't explain. I love that out of all the necklaces and jewelry, he just gets a tube. For me, it was the figurine, Tori smiled. And I held it to my hand for hours the night I found it. Oh, those who cannot resist become one with us. And in each, an ift of old shares and moves. I am Tori, but I'm also a Kelly Mark of Ifslinzer, fucking hell. I was a tender of young growth and uh, one learned in herbs and plant lore. Did none of you ever try to go back to the port, uh, to the settlement? Did you? Well, yes. 
but that was the guard, and they have superstitious uh, fear of the forest, of everything coming out of it, and the green sick uh, to them is a punishment for sin. Naturally, yeah, they hunted me. Oh, but you, yourself, when you went there, did you want to stay? Were those humans your people? No. Well, we believe this, too. was part of the plan, that in uh, becoming ifted, we're also implanted with a revulsion against our former kind. Thus, if the purpose of the planners was to rebuild their race and independent and truly ifted once more, they deemed we must be apart from the species we once were. None of us can now force ourselves to return to the port or, uh, or any off-world holding... And the longer we're in the forest, the stronger uh, that, uh, that repulsion is. Oh, we, we meant to recruit from them, but, uh, but not mingle with them. And this, Niall's hand, indicated their present situation. Uh, what has this to do with it? Uh, well, we don't know. Uh, more than we have learned from the bits and pieces of memories, your Ashla seems to know much more than the rest of us. Oh, she's, oh, she's taken on the ift portion of some priestess, eh? Or Cirrus. Seer, Seerus, Seerus, all right, of the last days. There is a force here, long hostile to the Ifton. It is stirring again because the Ifton also are reviving through us. It is a, it is to what is, keeps us here. Tori spread his hands. We're not sure at all. The spacesuit. Tori was silent for a moment. Ah, uh, eh. Uh, your guess is good as mine. I'll say this much. I do not think uh, any normal man wears that thing, though it is off-world, and of a type I have worn myself. What are the what are the boundaries of this place? Niall wanted to know. Now we have a, uh, a long, narrow sh uh, strip of forest running for a good space north and south. Uh, there's the wall you came over, and beyond it, all the crystalline growth. Oh, we've explored. God, this is so fucking boring. Uh, in there at night. Uh, we found nothing save the stairway of those walls and corridors, none of which uh, follows any pattern or any sense that we can determine. Okay. God damn it. Let's stop there. Remember all that, that shit I said earlier about, uh, I know it's coming to an end and now I'm in a great mood? Well, that was all horseshit. Uh, this story has drained me all over again. Uh, Andre Norton is the only person in the world to make me feel worse than I already felt. So why don't we, uh... Take that attitude and go up to the master bedroom where I will spread myself out on the silken sheets and then just let you watch me as I tell you about the latest upcoming novels from Penguin Random House Books. Ah, there you are. Yeah, I was already here. I'm not coming up to meet you. I'm just sitting right here. And there you are with real, real long legs and uh, some kind of really small skirt looking like someone from anime. This is the thing I was talking about earlier. I broke the fourth wall. I don't give a shit. The, uh, the facade has been destroyed and now we're just sitting here staring at each other and you are dressed like an idiot. Quilia the Purple, parentheses light novel by Hisamu... Ew, which I'm not saying correctly. Who cares anymore? Uh, it's got a big old anime person right on the cover with giant anime eyes, and they're looking real, real cute. Some woman just looking, got her hand on her cheek, and oh boy, is she cute, because that's how they draw their shit. About Quilia, the purple light novel, in this romantic science fiction thriller with a Yuri core, what does it mean to be human when humans look like robots through your eyes? Junior high schooler Mari Yukari sees all humans aside from herself as robots through her vivid purple 
eyes. Yet even with such strange perf- uh, perspective on the world, her classmates treat her with an unassuming strange girl, including Manu Gaiku Hatu and her soul friend. Oh, yet strange things start occurring around Yukuri, and when she is recruited into an underground organization due to her unique talents... Manabu finds herself tangled up in the realm of dangerous experiments and quantum physics unlike anything she could have ever imagined exclamation point yet is her friend with Mari enough her oh friendship with Mari enough to save them both from whatever awaits from the in their scientific underbelly of the world uh, it's paperback, 14 bucks, December 13th, from Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, Bookshop.org, Hudson Booksellers, IndieBound, Powell's Target, and Walmart. Yeah, you're still wearing that stupid... Yeah, your legs are real, real long. I get it. You're like, uh, what, Sailor Moon, eh, eh, from earlier. I figured that one out. Uh, don't care. You look like crap. Go back downstairs so we can finish this long-as-hell book. All right, shut up. Sit down. I don't want to hear it. Shut up. We're almost done. Just sit down. And is that all? Then where is this thing in control? We haven't been able to locate it as far as we can discover. The crystal growth simply runs on, turn the page, and on. And we dare not follow it too far for fear of being caught out there in the day. Our night sight is limiting. So you've just accepted imprisonment then? Niall was once more amazed at what seemed a a lack of enterprise on the part of these captives. Tori smiled. A grim curve of lip. Hmm. We appear quite spineless, don't we, Renfro? Well, but not quite. The way out is not always the most open, as you will see in due course. I.R. Ashla came into the treehouse carrying a, a holder improvised from a leaf. Oh, she showed him its contents. Sassan berry. Oh, God. Sassan berries. S-A-S-A-N berries. Ripe Sassan berries here. <laughs> it's uh, it's kind of like sweet corn. Sassan berries. Ripe Sassan berries here. <laughs> sweet corn. And she shook three of the plump red-black fruit, each as Big as his thumb into his hand. Uh, there was a voice once in the wind forest. Her eyes were dreaming as she remembered. Ah, how sweet its flowers smelled in new leaf time. Ilil, Tori said. Uh, you better remember a great deal, do you not? Uh, much, much, but still not enough. Her dreaminess faded. Uh, look a little lost. I thought believed that together we could break through and find what we lost. There was Jarvis... Oh, that's right, honey. I already said in this episode, uh, they got a character named Jarvis, like Bart Harley Jarvis. Bart Harley Jarvis. Jarvis, uh, Who has been the mirror master. Her lost expression deepened. Uh, But he was not enough. Jarvis, he was too too much pate sissons. Uh, and so we could not do it. And the rest of you, all different, different times, different powers. Perhaps it is the turning of the leaves which has made it so. Uh, the turning of the leaves, Ilio? Sissons had followed her inside and then had taken one of her hands at his... What is that? There was a small pucker set by impatience on her forehead. What? Her forehead puckered? 
That's got to look disgusting. There was the blue leaf. Uh, when the world was young and the Ifton were strong with their might. Then uh, did Kaimon come to place and strive with that which abides. And the oath was taken between power and power. None of us here... Oh, I forgot about the power and power thing. None of us uh, here were of that leaf time. Those mighty ones must have been long gone. Long ago, far to be recalled, uh, there came after the green leaf, and of that leaf were you, Jarvis, uh, though you seem to remember it not, and then there was a, a lessening and a trial of the oath. But still the world held, uh, though it was stretched thinner with time, it was still a tie. Third was the gray leaf, and that was the time of the ending in which Iliel dwelt, and uh, he who is here uh, as Derek, but was uh, then Lokath, a sea lord, <sighs> and Iyar, who was captain of the first ring of Iftkan. Jesus Christ. And there was a dark, dark time, for the people were few, and they were tired with many years, and the children of that race were fewer yet. Then the Larsh, who had not said the oath, gathered and marched, and at last the end came and the leaves fell. Thus we came together, not of one age or life, uh, and united we cannot rise, uh, raise the power as I had hoped. The, these men were all older than he, Niall reflected. And as Iliel's memory seemed to imply they had been once a consequence at Ifkent. Oh, he was Niall Renfro, a worldless wanderer, lately a slave laborer, uh, but a certain defiance rising in him made him speak now. Uh, th there's, uh, there's far more than one heritage of power. And he was not that far when he paused and a little shaken because they were all staring at him now. And uh, we have a double heritage. He pushed on quickly. Uh, there is one space suit uh, made by our own kind. The suit could only come from a ship. And no matter what wears it now, that ship is also ours. Pate Sisson smiled. God, I hate that name. All very true, Tori. How is that arm of his? Is he, is he ready for a journey? Well, if he takes reasonable care, healing was quick as usual, uh, then I think it's time we move. He glanced up at the tree bowl around which he was, uh, his hut was fashioned. Ifskar may be a natural insulation against arousing that. His hand pointed to the strip of forest outside. Only tonight there is a stirring. I feel it. That may not know any more about us, but it senses something. It's a, it's an uneasy. It's a, it's awake. Yes, Iliel interrupted. That's the truth. Oh, it stirs and it knows its power and how to use it. Whatever she and Pate Sissons were able to pick out of the air was not discernible to the rest, but their sincerity in believing it existed uh, could not be denied. Ah, we were very close to breakthrough last time, Monroe observed, and it's a yet early evening. We have the whole night before us. <laughs> and they were gathering up a few furnishings of the treehouse, filling skin bottles with water, and making small packs of dried berries and nuts. Oh, it would seem they did not intend to return. Niall accepted one of the packs, slung it across his shoulder, and asked no questions. Oh, he judged that they were about to carry out some long-projected plan, as the amount of their food supplies, extra water containers, meant a journey of some duration. Sissons! Sissons led the line of march, with Ashla behind him. Ah, she was seldom far from the man that she had named Jarvis. 
and claimed him as Mirror Master. Then came Derek, Tori, and Niall, while Monroe brought up the rear. All of this is just gobbledygook dumb names, and none of it means anything to me. The na- then came Derek, uh, Tori, and Niall, while Monroe brought up the rear. I just read that. Their weapons were three swords and two spears. Don't care. These are details that do not matter. Something in Niall questioned the assurance in which Sissons pushed ahead. Shade of trees gave way to patch of open. Then there was a wall in the valley uh, that was not glassily coated. That's a horrible way of writing that. But rose is a stark white rock broken by a fault from which the stream ran. Sissons splashed into the water. <laughs> he rose to his knees. Oh, he stooped head and shoulders to pass into the cave from which it flowed. And then in turn, they copied his move. The stream bed offered a smooth footing, but the current was fast, pushing against them. Oh, they were not long in the water, but climbed to a ledge to crawl on hands and knees along a wet surface. Oh, they, and they drew away from the entrance. Not even the night sight did not serve them well, and Niall marveled at the, at the others that had ever found this path. God, this was laborious. The ledge brought them at last well above the water line, and finally Tori drew Niall to his feet, keeping one hand on his shoulder to steady and guide him. Then they were out in a wide space where there was a dim gray light. Two sides of that area were coated with the slick crystal, and the rest of the walling uh, was rough stone, ranched and broken as by some explosion, eh? or, or settling of the earth in a quake. Light filtered through them well above their heads, where on one of the crystalline walls was a narrow slit coated with transparent material. Hmm. And to reach that slit, uh, a ledge had been chipped along the nearest stretch of rock wall. But still a space remained to be bridged between that ledge and uh, the slit. Sissons climbed with the ease of one who had done it many times before, and at the highest point of the ledge, he slipped a fiber band about his waist and dropped the loops according uh, over points of rock and leaned back against that frail support. His aim was to the left and out. God, these details don't matter. And at a height above his own shoulder, an awkward angle at which to work. Oh, his tool was one of the swords, don't care, which swung curtailed by his uh, position. He aimed the point of the sword into the lower end of the slit, picking time and time again at the same portion of sealing material. Oh, four swings, eh, three dots, five, three dots, a full dozen, and he rested. Hey, uh, any luck, Monroe called, while one of us to, to spell you? Well, there was, a, there was a give on that last punch. Let me, let me try once more. His muscles moved visibly under the rags of his forest jerkin. <laughs> the sword point thudded home with an effort Niall himself could somehow feel and went through. Oh, the crackle and the breaking was loud, and they could all see a net of cracks spread across the surface. Oh, somebody, somebody gave it a cry of triumph. Insistence struck again, and there was no more resistance. A rain of splinters cascaded down, and the wind, clear wind, whistled through the open window. Rope, Sissons demanded, was curt. Derek was already climbing the heavy coil of the vine fiber wreathed about his shoulder, and they were a long time making that fast, testing the security over and over again, and then Sissons unlinked his support belt to re-snap it to the rope, and then he gave a, then he gave a, a, a small jump, and his hands closed onto the lower rim of the slit. In one moment, he was up in it. 
He was up in that slit. Perched on the edge, looking out. Eh, how is it? Monroe called. Eh, pungent. Nah, he didn't say that. I'm just saying that. As far as I can see, clear. And, Sisson's head turned as he looked straight down at Niall. Your ship's waiting out there, Renfro. Oh, he dropped forward, out of their sight, while the rope was paid out, paid out, between Derek and Monroe. Oh, the former astro-navigator followed. And then Tori, Ashla, Niall, with Derek steadying the rope and seeing them all through the slit before them. Oh, God, the details. Uh, the rock wall through which the window broke was part of a ridge for another valley. But the land below was not crowded with crystal growths. Oh, it was, it was bare sand and rock. And in that sand, the ship posted on its fins, straight and tall. Whoever had piloted her in for that landing had made it perfect, a 3.1. And he had uh, stood undisturbed ever since. Uh, by all outward signs, oh, her, her hatch... Uh, was open, and the entrance ramp was run out. This is like a classic 1950s space rocket. It's up on end, and it's got a whole ramp that comes out from like a doorway at the tip. This is bizarre. Uh, the rocket scorch set down. It was no longer visible on the ground about her fins. They advanced on the ship cautiously. Niall gathered uh, that which they had spied upon from her uh, from the window slits <laughs> over a period of several work nights. Oh, she was a Class C Rover 5. Rover 5! Exclamation point. Oh, that made her at least 100 years old. That might have passed through many ownerships. And while she might have been considered too old to blast on the inner lanes, she was still sp- Baseworthy for the frontier. Perhaps she had been a free trader. Oh, there's no service insignia symbol on her halt. Service insignia symbol. Insignia symbol seems like that's kind of redundant. Fine, on her hull, and she was too small for the transport of a regular freighter. Dead, Monroe stood at the foot of the ramp. Eh, maybe so, Sissons agreed. Uh, but was she stripped? If not, if not, more suits, eh? Yeah. Supplies of a kind that would take them across the waist. Weapons better than the swords and the spears. Monroe was on his way up the ladder, thought it was a ramp, and the others strung out behind him. Did it hit them all at once, or was there some more immune than others? Ashla cried out and stopped. Uh, clinging to the handrail with the grip that uh, made her knuckles into pale knobs, she wavered, almost fell. And a moment later, Sissons echoed her wordless protest uh, with a spoken no. It beat against them all. The revulsion Niall had known at Cosberg's was here a hundredfold the stronger. To advance was to fight against the churning insides for every inch. Distaste? No, no. Uh, This was a horror of disgust. Oh, they swayed. Held to the rail, and Ashley went down, edging past Derek and past Tori on her hands and knees. Monroe uh, kept his feet, but he was swaying as he turned to descend. Sissons stumbled behind. Niall gripped the support so tightly with his good hand that the metal bit into his flesh. Oh, he was at first line now, and he had held there, facing the open door of the space lock, his body fighting his will. He began to pull himself along. Not down, but up. Chapter uh, chapter 18, the final goddamn chapter. I'm so relieved. Judgment delivered. He was Niall Renfro. <laughs> uh, 
I hate this so much. He was Niall Renfro. There was no IR, no Ifton in him. Oh, he was Niall Renfro, and this was only a spaceship. Like his father's suit racks, empty. Niall steadied himself against the corridor wall with one hand. Dust was soft under his skin boots. Gross. The smell of age, of emptiness. He was Niall Renfro, exploring an old ship. So, dash, no suits. But there would be uh, other things here adapted to their needs. He pulled himself on, keeping his thoughts rigidly fixed on these needs and human off-world past. Arms cabinet, also empty. For a second disappointment, the space appeared to be stripped of everything that could serve survivors. Perhaps the landing had been an emergency one and the crew had departed with their equipment never to return. No weapons, no suits. Niall leaned his head against the wall and tried to think clearly to remember the stores of the Lydian lady. Uh, oh, the, the stores? Not stories of the Lydian lady? And where they had been? It was a struggle to do that with the awful horror of this place tearing at his mind, churning in his stomach, raising in a sour taste at the back of his throat. Hey, wait, wait, uh... Where now? He shuffled on. There was one more. Just one more place to check. Niall was sure he did not have the strength to venture any further into the spacer. Uh, to climb to another level. They call it a spacer now. Here! Exclamation point. He lunged and his good hand pressed on the panel of the compartment he sought. Here were the tools. The supplies for outer skin repairs. The inner layout of the ships had not been changed so much over the years that they were not arranged in the same general pattern. He forced the panel open. His cry of triumph echoed hollowly down the passageway. Then he had them in his hand, the protective goggles to be worn while using a wheeled ray, uh, their key to freedom, question mark. Holding these tight to his chest, Niall wavered down the passage, came into the open and descended the ramp. Uh, what? Sissons met him. Listen, Niall had the dim beginnings of a plan. He waved the goggles at the former survey man. With these on, the sun can't be too bad. Uh, one pair only? Uh, there's, uh, there's six of us. Tori joined them. One man leading, wearing these, Niall explained. The rest of us blindfolded, linked together uh, by rope if need be. Hmm? And we should take turns with the goggles. Sissons had those now. It might work. How about it? Laid them. The former medico took them in turn, snapped the protective lenses over his eyes, and looked about him. Uh, I can't be, uh, can't be sure, of course, until we try. Used at short intervals, uh, taking turns, as Renfro suggests. Well, uh, we may never have a better chance. Though, how far we have traveled west before we find any descent cover? Not west! That was so emphatic that they all turned to face the girl, and she had been sitting on the ground at the foot of the ramp, uh, but now she stood erect. Westward, that will be watching, waiting, once it knows we've escaped. South to the river, then? Derek asked uncertainly. The girl appeared uh, so sure of what she was saying that it impressed all of them. No, her answer was determined as before. East. 
Back to Ifkin, began Monroe. Niall had been studying Ashla. Oh, she was gripped by that half-key mood that he had seen her display so many times before their flight together, just as he had pulled on his human heritage to dare the ship. So she was now pulling herself into Ifkin personality. Not Ifkan, her head moved slowly from side to side. The day of Ifkan was done. That forest was withered and will leave no more. Hmm. But we must go to the mirror. This is laid upon us, she cried out fiercely directly at Sissons. We must go to Thanth. I say we get out of here and head west, Derek protested. Yeah, she's right about one thing, Tori cut in. They, whoever, uh, whatever, controls this place would expect us to do that. West, with no long way around. It might just be smarter to circle around by starting east. Uh, then south. To the river. Ah, we go to Thanth, Ilio repeated, and now Sissons added his will to hers, but not too completely. East, dot, 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 for now. They pointed eastward from the forgotten ship, hastening to make the most of the remaining hours of darkness. The valley wherein the old spacer had set down ended in a cliff, up in which they, why don't they just hang out in the, well, they can't hang out in the spaceship, they get all sick. They hate humans. Okay, fine, I get, sit under it then, I don't know, you can hide from the sun somehow, and set down the cliff uh, where they climbed, coming out on a waste of crushed crystal sand, facing some yards away, the white forest where moonlit flickered and sparkled. No trail through that, Monroe pointed out, how will we know we're going straight and keeping east? Those branches, Sissons indicated the nearest, quote, tree, unquote. And then a dash. Oh, then a quote. All are right-angled, and they grow in an established pattern. See that one in that? Now we keep our eye on the third branch up on every single tree, and we get through this before sunup if we can. It was a strange way to trace a path through the crystalline wilderness. But the survey scout, uh, trained to note just such oddities, was right. The third branch and every uh, second tree pointed the same direction. That's convenient. A long glitter. Why there got to be the second tree? So anal. The long glittering finger to the east, and they took turns watching for it. The rest shielded their eyes against too much of the reflection and glitter. Niall was in the lead as his turn as a pathfinder when he saw mirrored on a trunk a neighboring tree in a dark patch which came into a better perspective and stopped him short. In spite of the distortions of that reflected image, he could see no mistaking the spacesuit the fugitives clustered together to stare at the broken vision of the surface of the pillar. Oh, how far away it might be, they had uh, no idea. Ilio spoke first. It's not moving. No... Could be that it's waiting for us to walk right up and get caught again, Monroe commented. No, I think not. Sisson's head turned from right to left and back again, and he glanced from the image on the tree to the other gross about them. It is behind us, perhaps, eh, to the right, and it's uh, not moving at all. Tori gave a grunt. Close to dawn now, I judge. That thing may believe that there's no need for hurry, that it can uh, round us up quickly enough when the sun rises. I say we best make tracks and fast. Tori's suggestion was accepted, and they did hurry their pace as best they could. And when they left the reflection of that spacesuit behind, it did not show again, though it kept they kept watch for it. Oh, so the medical's guess could be right. The guardian of the White Forest saw no reason to hurry in pursuit. When the fugitive paused again, it was to make their final preparations against the sun. 
Tori argued that because of his training, the ability to judge properly the efficiency of the goggles, he must have first chance as guide, and the rest tore strips from their clothing and adjusted blindfolds, which were as light-reducing as they could make them, after linking themselves together with a fiber rope. Their advance slowed to hardly more than a crawl, with a Tory supplying a running description of the ground ahead, warning of missteps and obstructions, in spite of... I know, we get it. We don't need a whole paragraph dedicated to this. Warning of missteps and obstructions, there are falls, bumps, painful meetings, and with crystal growths, it was a desperate try, and only the heartening assurances from Tory that they were making progress kept them to it. Sun hit the trees, he reported laconically sometime later, and they were all aware now of the heat of those rays on their bodies, of a measure of light working through their blindfolds. What uh, results with the goggles? Sissons asked hoarsely. Ah, no worse than moonlight yet, Tori returned. So they were working this far, uh, but suppose that the white pack waited ahead. Oh, that's right. Again, this episode, I take breaks between reading chapters and stuff because it sucks so bad. I forgot about the white dogs. The white pack waited ahead. Oh, they could not fight those blindfolded. And that suit. It was trampling solidly behind them, ready to gather them as easily as if he had netted Ashland and I all back in the borders of the waste. Ah! Tori broke off his street directions with a small cry. Niall tensed and relaxed as the other added, End of the wood, open beyond, and I'm ready for relief. They had drawn lots before that they had started and were linked on the rope in the order of those lots. God, this is anal. Niall's hands went out readily, felt the girls fall to them as Tori pulled his waiting blindfold down over his own eyes, adjusting the, the lenses and pushing up his blinder. It uh, was an awkward process, but a few moments later, Niall blinked out the bright morning, which had treated goggles, turned into a, a bearable blaze. He turned to help Tori and the others on the rope, and then he faced into an open country. It was barren rock and sand, and sand running in sweeps as if it were water of dried leaves. And these were the sandy streets with the thick plowed through. They ran to the east to give them a, a smoother footing. Niall plowed toward that, towing his line of followers. How far uh, were they now from the valley of the ship? Niall, nah, he had no idea of how much ground that they had covered. He glanced back at intervals. This is the end of the book, and this is the best they can do to write a thrilling, engaging story. Eh, he just listened for the snarling cry, uh, cry of the white pack. The river of sand, which had seemed uh, a good road away from the forest, did not swerve them long, for it took a sharp turn to the north, and Niall was faced with the fact that they must somehow make their way up along a ridge. Oh, they rested, drinking sparingly of their water, eating, hmm, nuts, dried berries. No reason to think it was going to be easy, Monroe commented. My turn to take over now. Maybe if we went up, uh, I don't know, one at a time, me helping. Niall's hands were fumbling with the goggles when he saw Ashla move. Wait! Her word was an order. She was facing toward the forest, which was now a glittering spot behind them. It stirs. It knows. And now it wonders. Soon it will move. I forgot that they encountered God or something. Her hands were fists. Niall could only see her lips tighten and encompassed below the edge of her blindfold. Sissons was on his feet, too. Ilio is right. Uh, pursuit will come. 
No, we can't run and we can't fly. Looks as if we're, if we had it, Monroe commented. No, the protest came from the girl. Now she whirled about to Niall as if she could see him through her blindfold. This is my time to lead, not your turn. It's not the matter of turns or anything that, uh, about knowing. I have the knowing. I tell you, and this is the time. Sisson spoke. Give her the goggles. The toad of that order overruled Niall's rise of protest. How come Sissons is the leader just because he's, an, uh, what, an inch taller than the rest? This is ridiculous. His own blindfold was in place again when she spoke. I am ready, and now we link hands. We do not hold the rope. Her own fingers tightened about his, and he reached out his left arm with caution and groped for Monroe's hand. <laughs> yes, and then dot, 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 dot. Niall had no words to actually describe what happened, uh, what was happening, and I.R. recognized it only dimly as a flow of power. But it was as if he could see, not physically, but mentally, that, that, that through him flowed an awareness of his surroundings, which was coming not only by his way of his own senses, but from the girl to pass along that line of men, hand-clasped together. Oh, so linked they began to scramble up and out of the sand. How convenient is this? They can all see through one person's eyes. God, this is lazy writing. And meticulous. Uh, across the ridge beyond, Niall could sense, too, the strain and drive that worked in Ashla. Yet she kept going, and they followed at a better pace than they had held since sunup. God, how many pages do I got left? Uh, one, two, two and a half. The text is really small. God, this is so painful. <laughs> I'm so close to being done, though. It has learned. Her voice was low and hoarse. Now it will truly move. Its servants gather. God, I hate this so much. Niall heard, as if from very far off, the soulless wail of a white. Will with me. That came as a plea from her. Ifton warriors, mirror master, sea lord, <laughs> once you all stood blade and power against that which abides, uh, now will, with my will, fight with those wills as you did with your blades in a leaf. Time now gone. God, I hate that entire sentence. The mirror master, the Ifton warriors, uh, sea lord, the that which abides, which is actually like the title of a type of people, and then... Uh, uh, mentioning the, the leaf time not gone. I hate that entire goddamn thing. Niall could not guess what response she aroused from the others, but in him there was a glow of anger, and above it a wild, fierce determination to stand against the enemy. Oh, oh, he shouted a long-forgotten bottle cry and uh, did not know that he had even mouthed it, for now he was not hand-linked to a company of fugitives. He was marching with his men going for the first ring of Ifcan, and that in him pride and belief were no longer dim, but fiery bright and clear as the green spark that had tipped its blade on the open guardway of that mirror. Ifcan and his vision of the waste melted into one, fitting together so that green growth merged with rock, fertile forest soil with sand. And he was Iyar, as Iyar had been in the greatest days of his life. The mirror ring? Oh, my brothers, there is there's the mirror ring. Ilya's voice cut through Niall's dream, and the vision she now saw fitted over the vision of Ifkan's tree towers. Gray mountains with over a patch, the cloud growing and spreading to cut away the glare of the sun. Oh, they're, oh, they're all running, huh? 
spinning across the ground that they did not see with their eyes. We get it. You spelled this out like four paragraphs ago. Then the enemy struck heat light, something akin to a lightning cracked in their faces. That brooding fear Nile had felt waiting beyond the walls encasing the mirror road took on uh, body strength. The wailing of the rites were no longer distant, and this long-ago battleground became here and now. Why, he did it because, or he he. He did it. He could not have answered sensibly. God, I hate the sentence. But he flung back his head, raised his face to the sky, from which, uh, through the fold of cloth, came a searing, baking heat. The Nile called, not only with his voice, but with his mind, every part of him, and the shrill horror of that he called, oh, echoed and re-echoed. On dash on exclamation point. That was Ilial's demand. Somehow she was keeping them moving, summing up their will and their strength, projecting them from the road that they must take. There was a roll of sound, a muttering along the distant reaches of the sky. A uh, a puff of wind blew in their faces, swirling up sand and grit to score the skin. But it was not the furnace blast of the waste. It was cool carrying with it a smell of the forest. And with the wind rose other things, feathered things, hooting, eh? protesting, yes, and coming, wheeling, dipping above those who ran. The quarren kind had answered Niall's summoning. Not only horror, but perhaps all of his species still holding up the shadows of the glades of Ifcan. Oh, the, the fugitives could not see them, but they felt the impact of the quarren thoughts, heard through the wind the sound of their wings. Three times the birds circled and the runners, and they dropped behind where the rites howled on a fresh and open trail. The heat about them was the heat of anger. And it had been so long since that which bode, God, I hate that title, had roused to full participation in any struggle that it was sluggish, unable to summon quickly old strengths and powers. That was what saved them. For it struck earlier uh, with the pressure it could exert. The it's are in italics in all caps, just so you know. They would have been stamped to nothingness in the dust of the waste. On up! Uh, Ilio's battle cry, that's their battle cry, was a hacking sob. Niall's hand dropped hers, flung out of his right arm, and closed it about her waist. Okay, here we go. This is how you This is how you make out with people in the middle of battle. She was stumbling. <laughs> I bet she was. Hardly able to keep her feet. But before them was the barrier wall of the mirror road. And they had met it where the rocks were as high as his head. Here, he drew all the runners together with the call as he held up the girl. Felt her a wriggle in his hold. <laughs> then she was out of his grasp, gone, and out of his mind in the same move. A curtain had fallen between them. Over this, Niall pictured in his own mind for the others. The barrier about the road as he had seen it days ago. Oh, yeah. Oh, he stood with his hand on the rock wall, drawing each in turn to it and staring at it, starting them to climb. Oh, and the rites cried very closely now, their hunting bays broken by snaps. Eh? snarls as if they fought. Oh, Niall guessed that the core and harassed that portion of the enemy's forces. Oh, the invisible power was the worst. Niall was thrust back and back and pulled from the roadway which he knew meant safety. Another step and he would be lost in his 
Uh, blindness, and the heat bit into his brain, spread a blasting numbness down the nerve and muscle. Oh, out of somewhere came a rope. A noose settled about his shoulders and jerked tight about his arms, tight enough to wring a grasp of pain in him, and now the pull was in the opposite direction. Niall stumbled and spun, breathless, only half conscious of the struggle. Is this a song? I guess there's a song now. Dark the seed, green the leaf, ift in power, ift in belief. I fucking hate this so much. Had he said that, thought it, hmm, question mark? Had it come from him at all, question mark? A second in which to wonder, a moment to release from pressure, growing intolerable. Then, with the bruising crash, his body came up against the rock wall of the road. He climbed to fall into a swift stream of cool air, and then the welcoming hands of his companions. Well, that's lucky. The roll of thunder grew into a mighty beat of sound, and Niall dragged off his blindfold and followed the others as they ran along the road. Above them was a, was a gray ribbon of cloud and the edge of a mighty sunshade which stretched from the east as if he had in his birth in the sky dying above Ifcan. There stood the gate of the guardway. No sword had been drawn to open it this time, eh? But the symbol on the keystone grow green. Oh, and the, and the stairs. Eh, they took those stairs, still at the breakneck pace, halting only when they reached the shelf overhanging the mirror. A storm was coming. Such a storm as it had beaten in the forest when Niall sheltered in Ifsiga, Ifsija. Fuck. No wind reached into the basin which held the mirror. Yet the water was troubled. Oh, it moved in ripples round and round, rising uh, with each stir of that circling. Forces were gathering. Forces such as Niall Renfall had never known. Forces A.R. Uh, held in awe. Well, that's got to be interesting. Ilial moved a little way from the east as she had swept off the goggles, stood watching and circling in the water. There has been a seeding. There is now a growing, and soon will come a leafing. I hate this. But without the seeds, there will be no leaf. I hate this. If a leaf is willed, protect the seeds and the growing. I can't stand whatever's happening right now. Give us now your judging, and your is in a capital Y. Shall the seeds endure until the leafing? Was that an invocation of something? Something utterly opposed to that which they had fled? Something that was the very life of Janus? Niall believed it to be so, and they stood to witness the answer to her appeal. Up and up, the water raced against the sides of the mirror frame. It lapped against the edge of the ledge on which they stood, yet none of them retreated. Niall felt no fear. Once more he seemed on the edge of a great discovery. The time might yet be fully ripe, but someday it would, and he, he would be a part of it, exclamation point. The first of those waves touched the peaks that cradled the mirror, touched, lapped, eh, spilled over. Faster and faster the water swirled, and it was now ribboned with lace and green foam, spun by the speed of its boiling. Over, though, a dozen, two dozen channels poured that flood, founding out into the waste beyond the boundaries of the mirror frame. Uh, the wind howled, and the clouds broke, pouring down a second kind of flood. Burp. Under that deluge, the refugees gasped and reeled, but they did not seek shelter. It was, it was a growing rain, a rain to encourage sprouting seeds, new life. Lightning, 
three dots. Lashes were laid up in whip lines across the sky to the west. Oh, my God, I'm almost done. There was an answering blast there, a white glare, flaring skyward as if to dry the clouds instantly of their water burden. There was a terrible, consuming anger to strike them, even this far away, as a wave of expanding energy. Then... The rain closed down. Ah, the mirror continued to pour out its substance out and out into the down to the water in the desert plain. Oh, uh, how long did that continue? Eh? The mirror spilling, uh, the the clouds emptying rain. Question mark. A few hours, eh, dash a day. Question mark. Niall could not have told. He was only aware that in time there was an end to that fury. Clouds parted, stars shone serene in the sky. Still, they were together on the ledge now, uh, a quiet mirror. And they were awed and small before a power far greater than that could be imagined. He, uh, we, uh, have much to learn. Jarvis, <laughs> who had been Pate Sissons, spoke first. We have much to do. That was Tory again. Uh, Kellamark. Tori again, oh, that, what, his alien name is Kellermark? I don't care. It was not conquered this time. Niall I.R.'s hand was on his sword as he faced west. He, who had once been Monroe, was now only holy. Rizak smiled. Nothing is ever too easy if it's worth winning eh, and holding. But Ilio smiled and hummed gently. Niall I.R. knew that song. The words to fit the tune dropped into his mind one by one. Oh, it is very old. Older than Ifcan, that song, uh, for Ifcan's tree towers had been evoked and nourished from saplings by its singing. Really? But that was the song of the first planting. Hate this. There should uh, be a city again. She broke into a song of prophecy that was all new in their hearts would come to pass. And, uh, and it shall rise where there was a, a desolation, and the oath shall be spoken once again, for the Ifton are replanted, and the nation shall grow the, through the seeds, uh, but we're not this world. There has been a judging uh, and a judgment, and we shall see a fourth leaf come into full greatness. But all growth is slow, and the way of the gardener is never without a battle against destruction with, uh, from without. She began to sing again the song which was only for the mistress of the planting. They listened to her almost uh, greedily. She walked ahead and began to descend the stairway leading again uh, into the plain and the night. Behind, they followed eagerly. And that is the last goddamn page. Uh, with that, why don't we retire to the it's almost two hours. <laughs> God damn it. I hate this episode. Let's retire to the smoking room to just wrap this goddamn thing up and move on with our lives. Oh, here you come. I've been waiting for you. Sit down. Nope, I don't care. You're still wearing the costume. Sit down. I don't care. Shut up. Listen. Listen real close. And you listen to me good. We, I swear... I swear to God, we are never reading a book like this ever again. Getting closer. I pray to, I swear to God, we are not reading a book like this ever again. If I ever hear that there's a sci-fi book made in like the 70s or even the early 80s, I'm not touching it with a 10-foot pole. This was horseshit. Oh, am I supposed to go through and talk about what was good about this? Nothing. Am I supposed to recap the story? I don't care. What sucks? 
the whole thing sucked. And writer with some sort of problems where everything was anal and overly detailed. Why, if every chapter is five pages, why was the last chapter like eight? Why? Why torture us like that? Any of the high action scenes almost had no action going at all. Why were they thrown into some sort of crystal pit in this crystal country to die when they can just leave? What's the point? Uh, I, I don't care. What do we learn from this? Don't ever read a book for, uh, for a sci-fi book from the 70s or the 80s or even before that. It's horrible. Uh, I'm sure there's some big names and people will yell at me saying like, oh, this author's good. I don't care. I'm not touching with the temple. You get in closer. Get in here. I swear to God, I'm not reading another book like this ever again. So now we're going to try to cleanse the palate by uh, reading Winnie the Pooh next time. Actually, this weekend, uh, probably by the time you hear this, I'm going to be recording another episode of uh, Mystery Theater with my wife and uh, with Ratchet Books and words about books and uh, unsighted. Nah, they're not called books, but unsighted. And also uh, from words to ideas, a bunch of podcasts. We're all going to get together and we're all going to hang out and do our own version of a Christmas carol, which is a lot better than this horse shit. It still doesn't have to be great, but it's going to be better than this horse shit. And then after that, I'm going to read Winnie the Pooh. And I'm just going to relax into that, like the frothy, sudsy bath that I know Winnie the Pooh is going to be for me. I can't get angry at Winnie the Pooh. Uh, but with that, uh, thanks for listening. And uh, for the few people that actually did listen to this, like Words About Books, Ben, uh, thank you so much uh, for being on this journey with me. I think you're the only person that listened. This was laborious. Everyone dropped off after the first episode. But not this Ben guy. Uh, he said on the power of Twitter, while it's still running, uh, judgment on Janice is becoming symbolic of a new modern issue for me. Uh, yeah, sure, Peter Pan is popular and attention-getting, and sure, Judgment on Janice is a boring collection of strange words, but you know what? Boring ain't so bad when you've seen the alternative. The alternative being uh, pedophiles, I believe. And then uh, beyond that, he tweeted, uh, I don't want to say that I was listening to this while playing Pokemon Violet. God damn it. But I will forever associate Judgment on Janice with the electric gym. Uh, I want to say, screw you, you pile of shit, but he actually bothered to listen, uh, no matter what his reasons are. Uh, so, yeah, you're a person that loves abuse. Well, with that, uh, thanks for listening, and, uh, we'll be back next week with Winnie the Pooh. Ah, uh, well, it appears you found me in the part of the podcast I hate the most where I tell you all about the places on the internet where you can find me. You can tell I hate this because of the sound effects making it sound like a stormy night uh, in the drawing room of the damned. Now, there's there's that. Uh, uh, I, are you cool? I like cool people. It's the reason why I got involved in this business to begin with, just to meet cool people. Not losers. So if you're cool, uh, feel free to go over to my website, uh, nuzzlehouse.com. You can see a backlog of everything I've ever read, including stuff like gestating the curious mind with my lady friend and also a a little side project I'm going to be doing with my daughter. 
Oh, I'm on Instagram. But no one uses that anymore because they all use TikTok. Am I ever going to get on TikTok? No. But if you want to look at my dead Instagram, it's at House Nuzzle. I also have Twitter, which I use the most, which is also conveniently at House Nuzzle. And since since I think you might be cool, you can always just email me directly. Glenn.nuzzles at gmail.com. But don't uh, don't email if you're a, a nerdlinger or a dork. Now, back to business. I can't believe I drank all of them already. There's got to be one left. <laughs> <laughs>